Welcome to InnovaCare Health Podcasts. Podcasts in this series last under 10 minutes and share ways to improve processes, teams, work-life integration, and communication. In this episode, we will explore de-escalating conversations. While working for a university some years ago, I used to facilitate a leadership series. As part of that week-long series, we spent an entire day focusing on customer service. Then, and possibly now, a university would not likely associate service on campus as customer service, a business term. However, it was important to share the essentials of customer service as it relates to communication skills, relationship building, and yes, service. During that series, the importance between good and bad service was shared. For example, did you know that twice as many people tell others about bad service than good? In 2021, 90% of Americans use customer service as a factor in deciding whether or not to do business with a company and 58% of American consumers will switch companies because of poor customer service. In terms of customer satisfaction statistics, 70% of the customer's journey is based on how the customer feels they are being treated, and 90% of customers rate an immediate response as important or very important when they have a customer service question. 60% of customers define immediate as 10 minutes or less. When someone is unhappy, they want the issue resolved and resolved reasonably and swiftly. You will know when the issue escalates when you hear someone say, I want to speak to your manager. Reasons why situations can escalate are that one, they don't accept your word as final, two, Sometimes people are already wanting to discuss the issue with someone in authority. And three, escalation is already set into motion. How can you help to minimize someone's frustration and having escalation occur? Let's say a patient calls to make a payment or to verify a payment has been confirmed. Just an hour before the payment services system went offline, and you have not received an update on when it will be resolved. Regardless of what happened, the patient wants an answer. What do you do? First, make sure that everyone on the team is aware of the issue so no one is caught off guard in the office. If patients can make and confirm payments online rather than calling it in, place a notification on the site to let people know about the issue and that they should check back for updates. No matter what, the patient is relying on you to take care of them. And no matter how frustrated you may be, you are in a position to take care of them first. When responding to them, let them know what is happening. Provide as much detail as you can and try to build their confidence by letting them know that you are working on the solution and hope to have it resolved soon. When dealing with frustration and disappointment, you should put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to understand how they are feeling at the moment. 
Showing empathy allows you to relate to people and helps you to break down communication barriers such as the me versus them perspective. In terms of verbal de-escalation techniques for diffusing a confrontation, how about trying reframing statements? For example, you can use a phrase such as, I can imagine how frustrating this might be for you, followed by, let's take a look and see what's going on, or continue with, we will be sure to notify you when the problem has been resolved. Additionally, another way to de-escalate is to offer them a genuine apology. At Bluegrass Cellular, they initiated a meaningful apology program for frontline customer service employees. By using this approach, they were able to reduce the number of escalated calls and formal complaints by more than 40%. Positive positioning can help you to deliver a message and minimize a negative reaction. Even choosing words focused on the solution and not the problem. For example, I certainly understand your concern. Let's take a look at what's going on and get you one step closer to a solution. When emotions flare, you may say something like, we want to get to the bottom of this as much as you do. We are doing everything we can to solution this as quickly as possible. Until then, I can do this for you and fill in the blank. It may be to ensure appointments are scheduled out appropriately, or take the name and number and call them when the issue is resolved. If someone disrespects you with their language, volume, or by cutting you off, you may respond like, I'm sorry, it's not possible for me to help while listening to that language. If it stops, I can help. Then pause. If they don't respond, say, I'm trying to help you, but if you continue to yell or swear, I'm going to ask that you call back another time. These statements also work in face-to-face -face interactions. If the patient continues their pattern of behavior after you draw the line, you might need to call for a manager. Be sure your body language is consistent and doesn't come off as dismissive, such as eye rolls, finger pointing, arms crossed, or walking away. While over the phone, remember to stay engaged while you listen. Did you know that research has found that the factor that most determines whether or not a doctor is sued after something goes wrong has nothing to do with the skill of the doctor and everything to do with bedside manner? When something goes wrong, regardless of the doctor's skill level, doctors who are less likely to get sued are those who spend, on average, three more minutes talking to their patients. In this extra time, they're listening answering questions, and expressing empathy. Recognizing concern is as important for you as good bedside manner is for doctors. It shapes the perception. It makes you more likable. It helps things go smoothly throughout the interaction, and it reduces escalation. To have a day without any complaints or issues will be few and far between. 
There will be times when you encounter frustrated, concerned, and dissatisfied patients who seek resolution or support from you. While these confrontational interactions are a typical part of patient care, the way these interactions are handled can make a significant difference in the ability to effectively support them.